Welcome back to the Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. In this episode, myself and Dylan, Birdie Patterson, will recap last week's South Carolina high school football and, of course, college football games across the country. First up, I'm going to cover my South Carolina high school game of the week from last week. My game of the week last week was Dutch Fork and South Point. South Point, who is a force to be reckoned with in the 4A, just got overpowered by a 5A powerhouse and state title contender, also ranked number 18 in the nation, Dutch Fork. Dutch Fork takes care of business early and ended up winning by a score of 35-7 over this 4A South Point Stallions. Dutch Fork looks to continue to dominate and compete and compete for the 5A state title. Speaking of the state title contenders, Birdie, you had two state title contenders as your game of the week last week. How did that turn out? Yes, sir. I had the Burns Rebels taking on the Dorman Cavaliers. Burns looked like a solid 5A team this season, but they had only played two games prior to the Dorman game, which really hurt this team last week. Dorman's been able to play on a normal schedule this season and have just looked like an absolute powerhouse so far this year. Dorman looks like they could be in contention for a state championship. Burns has been no slouch in the recent years, but Dorman honestly absolutely dominated this Burns team. This Cavalier, these Cavaliers pretty much shut down the Rebels' offense and tore up this Rebels' defense as well. Dorman, who has been strong all season, only falling to 5A foe, the Gaffney Indians, off of a missed field goal, who also looks like a title contender, played their own game against the Rebels and just did what they wanted to. Dorman continues their dominance and tops the Burns Rebels 37-18. This Dorman team only threw the ball six times this game and completed five of the six. Dorman QB Zay Foster was five of six for 109 yards and one touchdown, and he threw no picks. But the passing game isn't what pushed this Cavaliers team to victory. The rushing attack for the Cavs was very, very strong and consistent. Quarterback Zay Foster led the team in rushing yards with 61 yards, and senior running back Tyland Lindsey Led the team with two rushing touchdowns. He also had a receiving touchdown as well. They pounded this Burns defense, who really isn't used to being outpowered. This Dorman defense had a great game as well as they shut down the Burns offense. The Dorman defense had two picks, two tackles for loss, and four pass deflections. What a game for the Cavalier defense. With that being said, let's move on to a few more scores from last week's South Carolina high school football action. Yeah, Birdie, I'm going to go down to the coastal area, and I'm looking at Dylan and Loris. Dylan pulls it out 63-27, as we both predicted. Great game. Westside and T.L. Hanna. T.L. Hanna ended up winning this game 26-7. I had Westside last week. You had T.L. Hanna. You picked this game, right? Next up, we had Buford at Carolina Forest. Wasn't quite a good game as we thought it was going to be. Carolina Forest pulls it out 40-20. Both of us picked this one. That was a good good pick by both of us. Wren at Palmetto. This was my upset game of the week last week. And Wren said, "Uh, no, thank you. We're not going to take an upset. They won 64-13. You picked this game, right? Gray Collegiate at Oceanside Collegiate. What a game this was. We cannot give this game its due diligence. It should have been game of the week for the Low Country Force. Disrespected that game. Yes, sir. Gray pulls it out 40 to 34 in a close one. Good job, Brady. That's all the high school games we're going to recap from last week. Let's go ahead and move on to our games for college football from last week. We didn't have a game of the week for college ball, so let's just jump right into the action. All right, Brady. We've seen Mizzou at Florida. What a game it was. A huge Florida second half pushing them past this Mizzou team. And they were basically motivated by a late hit on QB Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask put on a huge game through the air and on the ground, leading his team in both categories. This Florida D really turned it around and slowed down a really, really good Mizzou offense and takes one 41-17. Also, I want to talk about this, Birdie. We witnessed this team lose a lot of players for the first half of this UGA game, which we'll discuss in the next episode. And Dan Mullen, you just can't do that and expect to play with the big boys of college football. I mean, that's a rookie mistake as a coach. As an SEC coach before, I'm disappointed to see him go out there, run on the field, 
and bring all his players out. He didn't bring them out, but when you see your coach running the midfield, it's just an overreaction on what was not even a cheap hit. It was a late hit, yes, but that's a normal hit in college football. It's a football you know? hit. Yeah, when you see that in every game, there's no reason for an overreaction. I just want to say shame on Ben Mullen for this one. Yep. You picked that game right yeah. as well last week. Next up, we had Indiana at Ruggers. Both teams coming off huge wins. Indiana entered this game ranked number 17. And Indiana took care of business 37-21. Looked like it was going to be a competitive game, but Indiana just pulled away. Indiana also improves to be ranked number 13 in the country now. You got this game right. Yeah, I really liked Indiana. Then we had LSU at Auburn. T.J. Finley might not be everything people were talking about after his first game. I think he's a little bit off. He'll, in a few years, he'll be there, though. This LSU defense is terrible. That's not even sugar cake. Yeah, they're bad. On the outside, the terrible. Bo Pliny looks like a terrible hire. But in Stingley, he's really decreased his value this year, in my opinion. He's got burnt in game after game. The secondary looks terrible. There's no reason for all the talent they have. Yes, they lost a lot, 34 players from last year's team. But this team is still uber talented and should never get beat 48-11 by weak Auburn offense. That is very true. But Bo Nix, he did Bo Nix-like things. He beat up on an inferior opponent. We see this all the time from Bo Nix. But this Auburn team has a great stable of backs and look for the future led by Tanks Bigsby to be huge. The barn rolls 48-11. Another thing I'd like to say about LSU and Auburn is Ed O, he won the Natty last year, right? But he's not looking like as good as coach as he was last year. Is the play calling, is it just is it more conservative or does he not have it's not the that. players? I think last year everything fell into the stars aligned for it was LSU's year. I mean, they got Joe Brady, uh, Joe Brady from New Orleans. He went to Carolina. He really made that offense. Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. You see that in the pros. But Joe Burrow was not Mr. Heisman like he was on that LSU team last year at Ohio State previous years, at LSU the previous year, or in the pros right now. I think Joe Brady really made that team last year. All right, that's the I like that take by you. Next up, we had Texas at OK State. Man, this was a great game, great Big 12 game. Not a lot of defense, as usual, in the Big 12, but uh, Texas took this one 41-34 in overtime. We both picked this game wrong. It was an upset, definitely. Texas finds their way back into the top 25 after this one. After a huge defensive game, really. Yeah. You can't understate that. Let's talk about this, Birdie. I don't know if you've seen it, but Minnesota at Maryland. Maryland comes away with a win. You know, I like to highlight players, but I'm not one to jump the gun quick. You know that about mm-hmm. me. All right, so let's talk about Talia. He looked great, but let's just not, like I say, let's not jump the gun. This is a weak Minnesota defense. Sure. We've seen them turn quarter, uh, uh, Jay Milton from Michigan last week into a Heisman-looking quarterback. This next week, he doesn't like that against Michigan State. What can we say? I think he is exactly what Mike's, Mike Locksley needs in this system. He's a really good quarterback, but you got to give the man his props. He threw for almost 405 TDs. And accounted, on the ground. Yeah, accounted for five so, touchdowns. I mean, I mean, what can you say about this kid? He's uber talented. I don't know if we'll ever see him put up the numbers his brother did, but I like him a lot in this Mike's Locksley system over at Maryland. Next up, we had Coastal at Georgia State. Man, Coastal is on the absolute Powerhouse. roll. A powerhouse in the group of five. Who Let's could go ahead have predicted this? Who could have they won this? 51 to nothing against the Georgia State Panthers. Georgia State is not a slouch team either. Mm. They haven't been good, but they haven't been terrible. They beat Tennessee last year. And Coastal goes into town and absolutely destroys them 51 to nothing. Coastal is now ranked number 15 in the country, and we both got this game right. Yeah, uh, it was just a great game. Uh, Coastal's got a really good quarterback, and I really like their Grayson team. Grayson McCall is a great QB. I just really like their team in general. 
But uh, let's move on to Michigan versus Michigan State. What an upset. And, Birdie, we discussed this game, but we both overlooked it because we just didn't think Michigan State had the stuff. But I'll tell you, they came out and proved us wrong. Harbaugh team just blew this game, as they are known for doing in big games behind Jim. Is Jim Harbaugh on the chopping block? Is I, his seat hot? I How think hot his, is his, seat? his seat has been hot for three years. Look how it's going to say. He's Harbaugh, he is a good coach, but he's not great. He would be better somewhere where he didn't have as much pressure. He hasn't won. He hasn't won. He hasn't done anything against Ohio State. He's lost three home games to Michigan State. Michigan State hasn't been ranked many times in the games they've played. Harbaugh is he's honestly making Michigan look bad. Michigan has had a great tradition. Michigan, I, Harbaugh's seat is hot. It's hot. I mean, in this game, this state did just did just enough to carry the offense. But here's what I'm talking about. Harbaugh's been riding around with the seat warmers on midway. And he's, he's also getting paid way too much yeah. for what he's done. Since he's been there, the seat warmers have been on midway. After this game, the seat warmers are on full blast. I'm calling for his head. Give me a new coach in the big house by the end of the year. Now let's talk about Clemson's defense. We've seen this Clemson D has just missed assignments all year long after losing star linebacker. Really, he wasn't even a linebacker. He was a chess piece. He's a hybrid Simmons. player. Yeah. yeah. This secondary just isn't championship worthy right now as they give up quite a few big plays and haven't played a team with an offensive pulse yet. I mean, this Notre Dame game will be good to see what they have, but I just don't know that they have enough through the air to do anything, this Notre Dame team. But then we got uh, also this D just – they can't contain a back with a little bit of elusiveness. We've seen them kind of contain – power backs, but look at the Syracuse game. They got up 150 on the ground. This game, they got burned on the ground too, but at the end, their numbers looked a little bit better because really, Boston College just did what they needed to do on third down to get the first. And these short yardage packages, Clemson had no answer for Boston College. Mm -hmm. With this D looking the way it is right now, man, at the beginning of the season, we are talking about Clemson, most complete team, Ohio State complete team. We've seen Ohio State's defenses look pretty suspect too. Of course, Penn State's not a slouch, but there's no way this Ohio State D should have let Penn State do what they did to them, although they did force two turnovers. And then we've seen this Clemson D struggle all year. Not really struggle, but struggle in a lot of games this year. Then we've seen this Alabama defense. They struggled in the Ole Miss game. They've struggled in other games, but they have forced a turnover in every game they played this year. We've seen this. I know they haven't really played a great, great offense. I mean, but we've seen them shut down the air raid. And my oh, held him to zero points. That's the first time that uh, coach that the pirate for Mississippi State has not scored a point in a game he's coached. Okay, we've seen them shut down Georgia in the second half. This is Bama's defense. Yeah, Bama's, Bama's defense. defense. We've seen them shut down Georgia in the second half. That's a power run team. We've seen what they did last week to Tennessee, a little play action type team. They've shut down all three facets. They're of looking the game. like the only complete defense. They're looking like the only complete team right now. Yeah, Ohio now, State and Clemson can score points. But they can't stop you. Alabama Here's scores points, and they can stop you. But And then also what I've noticed is Justin Fields is good. Clemson's not going to be able to go score for score with Alabama. They're not going to do it. No team. There's not a team. Ohio in. State is the only team, even without Jalen Waddle, who can go score for score with Alabama. And then it's just going to come to the defenses. And I like this Alabama defense's turnaround. So right now I'm going to go ahead and uh, do our top three rankings, top four playoff seed right now. I'm going to say I'm going to start at number four. And I'm going to put Georgia in. I know it's controversial, but 
I don't think Notre Dame is that good. I think they're highly overrated. And I, I don't really – right now, I don't know which way I'm leaning on our predictions Thursday, but I might end up taking Clemson. And that, that is, if Georgia wins this weekend against Florida, they will definitely yes. be in the top four because somebody in the top four is going to lose this week. Yes. So, I'm going to take Georgia at number four. At number three, I'm taking Clemson. At number two, I'm taking Ohio State. Number one, I'm taking Alabama. What about you, Brad? I'm going to go same as you. Bama's just look like the only complete team. I mean, they're just – We didn't say that after the first few weeks. Nope, we did not. See, Clemson did look like the best team. They got in the little bit – I mean, even the – Syracuse is not a good football team. Syracuse – They lost to Liberty. They lost to Liberty. And Liberty's not a slouch. They're a top 25 team. But, I mean, you shouldn't lose to it. You should not lose. Liberty's not that much. 38-21. By three scores, man. Um, That should never happen. Boston College, they've had good years, but this year's they don't even – their run game hasn't been good all year until they played Clemson. So, I guess Clemson's going to go number three just because they're undefeated. And then Ohio State's number two. Ohio State has a harder schedule than Clemson. I mean, Ohio State, they gave up 25 points to Penn State, mm-hmm. but they can still outscore you. Their yeah. defense is a little bit better than Clemson's. Yeah. And then and I'm putting Georgia thing. at four because Georgia, yes, their offensive struggles, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Their offensive struggles, it's been like this for the whole time Kirby's been here. He's built a great defense in Georgia. Can if he, he could keep get a the, quarterback? If he could keep the offense going. And I don't care what anybody says, Stetson Bennett, as a Georgia fan, I like Stetson Bennett. I like the kid. I don't like his play style. He's not a great quarterback in Kirby's system. He can hit the short throws. He can occasionally hit a deep throw. And he's a little bit more mobile than Jake Fromm was. But he's not there mentally. He's not as smart as Jake Fromm was, which is why Jake Fromm was as good as he was at Georgia. And here's another thing we need to really discuss is Travis Etienne at Clemson. Travis Etienne this season, he's been shut down. He's been shut down. He's been shut down. And that's another thing I'm looking at. Can Clemson get over the hump? I think Clemson's worst team to play this year will be Georgia, because Georgia will run it down their throats. They'll run four backs if the they whole meet game. each other in the playoffs. If they meet each other in the playoffs, George, that's who Clemson does not want to see in the playoffs. Because if Georgia and Clemson both uh, win the ta- win the rest of the schedule, win out, and then they come to the playoffs, and you have a Georgia Clemson game, Georgia's going to use four backs and run it down Clemson's throat. That's just what's going to happen. Yep. And I don't think this Clemson team can really do much when Travis is shut down. Yeah, Travis is what makes that team. I'm not saying Trevor and DJ are not good quarterbacks because they're dang good quarterbacks, once-in-a-generation type quarterbacks. But Clemson doesn't have the surrounding pieces right yeah, now. We've seen it over and over. I mean, they lost a lot at wide receiver. And we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Dabo's play con has not been as it was in previous years. I don't know if, the, if his play con's been fine and execution's been bad. I know we didn't have spring training. But Clemson, they have they have had a top five recruiting class the past how many years? Man, and been- another thing I heard from Clemson fans this week was, we struggled against Boston College because we had backup O-linemen in because we have three O-linemen out. Your backup O-linemen would start at any other school. They other would than, start at Boston College. They right would start at Boston College for sure. And they've played enough. Clemson's been up. They've played enough. That's not an excuse. They're just not executing. And I think Dabo's getting frustrated when they don't execute, and he has to go to more conservative play calling. Yes. I mean, I've seen that as well. I mean, I think Clemson will get it turned around, but Clemson's biggest problem is I just don't know. That defense isn't going to win them in Natty. That's going to win them in Natty. I mean, I'm going to have to see a huge turnaround, but which is possible. Look at Alabama. Although I'm not ready to fully commit to Alabama's defense yet, but I will say right now they're my most complete team in college football. And one more thing I'd like to say about the playoffs is we're not going to see a Big 12 team in the playoffs now no. with Oklahoma State losing. 
So, what is it? Is it, is it going to be two SEC schools? Or are we going to see a group of five team maybe oh, get in there? I've, you've been talking about this all year. I'd like to hear your takes on some of these group of five schools. Well, uh, this is going to be our last segment. Let's talk group of five teams in college ball. We all know about Cincinnati, Boise State, and BYU, but there are some new group of five teams that are starting to make a name for themselves and have people thinking they might even be the best one. These teams are Coastal Carolina, Liberty, SMU, and you can't count out the thundering herd of Marshall. We have seven very competitive group of five teams, and they're all ranked in the top 25 as well. First up, the highest ranked one is the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are ranked sixth in the country, and they're the highest ranked one out of the seven, and one of only two in the top ten. Cincinnati has played great, and they think they have a shot at the playoffs this year. Next up, the ninth ranked BYU Cougars. BYU hasn't really played anyone up to this point, but they are a well-rounded team. Their QB, Wilson, he's a he's third in Heisman voting right now. You don't see that from BYU very often. Next up, we have the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. This team has been a huge surprise so far this season. What can we say? The play calling's been great. McCall's played great. They have dominated this season and look to be getting better every single week. Look for them to climb into the top 10 soon. Now we move on to the 16th ranked team in the land, the Marshall Thundering Herd. They have a great QB who can absolutely sling the rock downfield and make some amazing throws. Look for this team to keep improving as well. Jay, I'll let you take over the last of the few teams. All right, we got SMU. SMU has a quality passing attack behind Shane Bouchelet, who maybe should maybe looking better than Texas QB right now. Who knows? But my thing right now about them is I think they're back of the pack to mid of the pack, top 25 team. We've seen them play against Cincy, and, I mean, that just wasn't really a good ball game. Reader did his thing on them, so, I mean, I like them a lot. And it's a very impressive group of five team, but I like where they're ranked right now. But then we move on to the Boise State Broncos. How about them boys in Boise? Okay, the blue turf is not the only thing looking good in Idaho this year. This Bronco team is solid. Transfer quarterback Jack Sears has looked good in his time as the start of this previous game. And he's looked really, really good. But Boise State's story is this solid defense led by Wimpley, who has dominated all season. Next up, we're going to the 25th-ranked Liberty Flame behind Hugh Freeze. What a ball team this is. Hugh Freeze has always been a great coach mixing in the QB runs. He's a great run running the ball coach, but also his passing attack is nice. And their defenses look good as well. Looked very good with a big win over ACC School Syracuse, and they're off to a 6-0 start. They play another ACC team, Virginia Tech, this week. That'll Watch be a big for this game. game to big be a game. great game as well. The group of five is very talented this season, and look for them to compete against the big guys. Watch out for these teams playing some great games later this season. And one more thing I'd like to ask you: Is Coastal Carolina legit? Are they? Should they be ranked number fifteen right now in the Coastal country? is legit. The Chanticleers. Coastal is legit. Here's the real question, buddy: Is Coastal the second best football team in South Carolina? No shade, to, no shade to the Gamecocks. No shade. No shade, but it's Coastal the second best And I don't care what anybody Carolina. says. South Carolina played the Chanticleers last year. South Carolina, they would not want to see the Chanticleers team this year. I think Chanticleers would come in to Columbia and absolutely stomp the Gamecocks. Let me ask you this. Out of this group of five, which quarterback is the best? Well, you got Desmond Ritter for the Bearcats of Cincinnati. Marshall's QB, he's a freshman. He's going to improve a lot more. Grayson McCall, he's also a freshman at Coastal, but he's looking great. Bachmeyer and Sears for the Broncos, but I think Bachmeyer's injured. But he's played great, and Sears has played great. We're going to see a QB controversy there. Um, 
SMU, Shane Boucher, Boucher, he's played great as well. I think, I can't tell you the best, but the top three are definitely Ritter. This is not in order. Ritter, McCall, and Boucher. That's my top three. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you right here. Give me Zach Wilson and the BYU. I counted out Zach Wilson, but BYU, I just don't think they've played anybody. Okay, I'll put Wilson over McCall just because of freshman. But it's definitely Ritter, Wilson, and Boucher. Buddy, Wilson has played himself in the first round and a seat at the Heisman ceremony. He could be a first-round draft pick now. And he also has this BYU team playing dang good and a solid undefeated record. You think BYU can make the playoffs? BYU. Uh, okay, out of all the group of five teams, who has the best shot to make the playoffs? What I'm about to say is going to be a hot take. Cincy, yes, they have the strength of record over BYU. But we know how the committee is. When you see Zach Wilson sitting at the Heisman ceremony, he looks across, he sees Trevor, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. If, if, the, if the three teams went out and Georgia doesn't, are we not going to put the four Heisman finalists in the playoffs together? That's we true. know how the committee works. That's... We could see this, and that's going to be my pick right now. I think the committee takes the shiny new toy in Zach Wilson over the proven Bearcats. Give me BYU. And that's where we're going to wrap up this episode of Birding the Cowboy. Be sure to tune into our episode on Thursday night as we introduce our games of the week for this week in both high school and college ball, and also go over a few more upcoming games for this week. Our podcasts are now available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Be sure to share the podcast and help us keep growing. Thank you for all the support we get from all y'all. And again, thank you for listening to Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk.